could only be Natch 84 in that right sound hawk. I was trying to pick up on the layers. Oh, there's so many layers, dude. They were subtle in that one. I didn't catch them. Mm. Well, when you listen again, mm. you'll hear them. Mm. Lots of things shifting, changing. Put this baby in the can so I can tee it up in my All right. podcast app. Thanks for listening. Natch84, we'll see you next week. Nope. I did a whole doc. We got to get through all these stories. But first, uh, you got to text the Soundhawk, 303-548-6877. And there might be a special treat on Instagram this week. There might be another phone number you could call. Oh, my God. If you pay close attention. Oh, okay. I guess that's happening then. For the collector. You'll see what we're talking about here. We still don't have a name for you. The Kells. What do you call someone? (laughs) No, you're not the Kells. What do you call someone who just refuses to delete any sort of... uh, Digital detritus in their life. Smart. A collagist. Well, you're a collector of some kind. A hoard. You're hoarding. We all hoard digital information. You think you're scrubbing it I clean? I hoard. You think you're all Hillary Clinton over there deleting everything off your computer? But you ain't. That, well, shit's, that shit's still around. I am. It might not be in your life, but it's there. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want, that's the point. It's, that's not in my life. B- Bouncing around my head. I don't, I'll come up with a good nickname for that. None of it's real. Something the collector, hoarder. None of it's real. Text the Soundhawk, 303-548-6877. What should I call Josh? So. Stakes grow higher in the catbird wars. This one's just for you. Yeah, I saw it. This doesn't seem like upfront news. This was like a gigantic book review. No, we're not going to. Okay. We're just going to spend a few seconds on it. We're not going to go deep. All right. All right. The, Let's the question skim is the how deep do we go? Often too. When we go deep. We've been known to go deep. The whole show structure is sort of locking into place for a little while. It'll change. Hmm? We do a little few little light deep, little, little, um, just the tips. Then we do an interlude. Yeah. And then we go deep. That's true. We have a musical break. But we never know when we're going to fall into a sinkhole of deepness. You never know. Sometimes, yeah. What's this article about, Mark? It's tough to go just the tip. It is. You just, you always want to dive in. Even if it's just for a soak. Peter Mara and Chris Santel- Santella's new book, Cat Wars, The Devastating Consequences of a Cuddly Killer. Got about one right to, next I'm to about me. to read this quote as I look at a cuddly killer right now. I'm going to let him chew on my hand. While individual pet owners must... Start over. While indiv- I'm trying not to pop my peas. All right, sorghum. While individual pet owners must take responsibility for their cats, it is everyone's responsibility to address the challenges of managing free-range cats. Is that a term? To limit their order at a restaurant. To limit their impact on wildlife, both as predators and vectors of disease. From a conservation ecology perspective, the most desirable outcome seems clear. Remove all free-ranging cats from the landscape by any means necessary. It's pretty metal, dude. Did you read the article? Yeah, I did. It said that cats are responsible for over a billion songbird deaths a year. So that seems excessive, ridiculous number because there's only a few billion total birds. But the whole ecosystem's out of whack. Your, you let your cat outside, or you got a little free-range cat. You're taking care of the neighborhood cats with your little bowl of milk, like Mark Marin. This is a story from Mark Marin. Yeah. From one podcaster to another. Just like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. Take your pick. I'll tell you what. You want to love the cat? You want to love the bird? Because you can't, can't love both. When I was in Los Angeles about 
oh my God, 10 years ago, 11 years ago on Fran magazine business. Uh, after we went and hung out with our with natural uh, answer, we got to pause right there, which means you put on a Jamaican <laughs> jumpsuit and like wrapped on a street corner for a day. All right, on the same day that that happened, that's the business, right? The business was yes. Look how far you've come <laughs> making a spectacle. But then we went to Natch Rancher Dave Carney's house for a little while. Who's working on Penthouse now? Did you see this? I did not. I'll, you keep talking. I'll tell you Dave. this. Dave. I'll tell you this. Oh, but then after we left Dave's house, we went to the Ambassador Hotel, the, the hotel where Robert F. Kennedy was famously shot by, what's his name? Saran Saran in the kitchen. Sirhan Sirhan. Sirhan Sirhan. <laughs> but the, the Ambassador Hotel was about to be torn down. And on that particular trip to Los Angeles, it had been raining for about three days straight. So we hopped the barbed wire fence and went into the Ambassador Hotel and was completely waterlogged. It was almost like we were in The Shining. It was, but, but like the scenes where everything's gone to hell. And the place was crawling with cats, feral cats everywhere. And we made fun with, or made friends with a bunch of them. Only to find out a few days later that there was an organization called the Ambassador Cats that was trying to find homes for these feral and semi-feral felines. And they had, they had names, like Rat Pack names, or names of people who had frequented the hotel back in its heyday. So you had like Sammy Davis Jr., which was, I think, the a, feral cats a had one-eyed names? black cat. I'm not kidding. I don't know if it had a nice glass racist. eye, but that's not racist. Sammy, Sammy Davis Jr. had one eye. Did you know I was, that? I was just saying that just to say it. <clears throat> it's good you're an anti-Semite. He's Jewish too, Mark. Is that all right with you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorghums. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not a cat person. I've never been a cat person. That's a cute cat. It's fine. I like you it. You enjoy that cat. It's nice to have the cat here. Jenny's allergic. My life partner is allergic to cats. Can't have them in the house, really. So they're just, they're, they remind me of myself too much. They're really? in their head. Oh, okay. They're just, they're just looking at the world and judging it all the time. Hmm. They are a lot like you. And they're, they're constantly cleaning themselves. Like you're constantly cleaning your, your laptop. Because you don't have fur. Oh, I do. You mean cleaning files off my laptop? Like yeah, a that's your version of that's your version of licking yourself. Okay, collect. What do you call? Ah, oh, there's got to be a good Ooh. word for this. I'm thinking of. I'm imagining. Why don't you just call me Deridus? Oh, Deridus. That's Which catchy. Is, well, and you mean detritus? I mean the, detritus. The way, that's the, the second time it. I've messed that word up. I thought you were doing it on purpose. It was I a call back to was. your old it was a callback. But it was that exact word, detritus. Well, the lady. Whatever. There's a war on cats, and it's. Yeah, it's not picking up steam. So it's not picking don't be up afraid, steam. Cats, no one gives. But a it's shit. hilarious because they make this argument that they're they're destroying songbirds and songbirds are in decline and uh, decline and birds need help too. And they're like, you got to kill the feral cats by whatever means necessary. And people want like, Whoa! well, how about how about bring nature into the mix and just release some falcons and stuff to kill to the cats, the feral cats, oh, a predator for the feral cats instead of some sort of extermination attempt. Here. I think that'd be a little kinder at Narotko. Am I saying that right? I think so. Chris Narotko, uh-huh. former managing editor of Big Brother Magazine. Take two. Pick up the new at Penthouse to read my at Knee Clerk interview with at Charlotte Stokely, a pornographer, a, a lovely actress. Yeah. <laughs> um, shot by blah, blah, blah. Pretty excited to be a part of the rebranding of Grandpa's Dirty Mag along with Acid Invader Ooh. and Todd Francis Art. Getting the band back together to make something fun. Well, that's cool. That's funny because... Uh, I don't know if it is. Well, Big Brother was owned by Hustler, so it's like they're moving to the competition. What is it? Bob Guccione Jr.? 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 
That's fun. Yeah, get back in but there. Chris Morocco. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Well, no, he wrote. I don't need he a wrote, education. Uh, he reviewed education. <laughs> he reviewed pornography for Vice. Okay, great. Your favorite news source, other than I Pitchfork. Don't. I just thought you'd like to know something that Dave's up to. Shout out, Thanks Dave. for the scoop on Dave Carney, at Acid Invader. His Instagram feed's one of the best. Amazing collages. It's, it's an art piece. Yeah, it's an art collection. Not unlike a Bug Bug Cutlery, which is set to make you want to eat insects. Well, they got here too late. I already want to eat insects. Inhabit.com. Oh, we did forgot to shout out. Yeah, it's because we're just not going deep. Well, Catbird Wars, that was NPR Barbara J. King. Okay. Herself, like an owner of multiple cats, and did you read her bio? Probably not. She has cats. <laughs> Does she have cats? She's got cats, my friend. What Here's the some hell is it's that? A dog barking, dude. <laughs> you know what? We need to find you just a whole. You need a bomb shelter to record in because you just can't handle a damn thing. <laughs> I can handle it. Now I'm looking for how many cats she had because it was a lot. Yeah, that's that's important. Ah, uh, fuck it. The United Nations <laughs> yeah. Food and Agriculture Organization recently reported that eating more insects could help us secure our food supply in the increasingly likely scenario of global food supply insu- instability. Yeah, I know that, Anna. Yeah. Welcome to Natch. We've been talking about this for how many fucking episodes, Mark? You didn't need to say that. What, the F word? People love the F word. No, I said it. Mine was justified. Designer Wataru Kobayashi... You could do better than that. Wataru Kobayashi is making an insect dinner far more appealing with a sleek picnic set created to enhance or at least make Ooh. the whole experience easier to digest. Ooh. The set comprises of all sorts of unique utensils, including a pair of claw-like cutlery that fit claw-like over your fingertips cutlery. to mimic Show birds' image. beaks. Oh, fucking that sounds fun. Look at those. There are also chopsticks with a pin end for skewering, Ooh. a multi-use spork for the little bits, and a textured spoon crushing the hard parts. You just grind, grind up the bug. This gave me the vision of the most romantic picnic in the world. Check this out. Check but the you show doc for a picture of once, the whole cutlery set, or the show image will be the um, little pincer death claws. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So, Mark, answer this question for me. Okay. Is it once every seven years that the cicadas come out of the ground to breed and make a shitload of racket? Interesting question. There are different cicadas with different lifespans. Oh, my God. You are referring to the hordes that come out every seven years, right? I am. Yeah. Did you call There's them whores? Hordes. Hordes of whores. Okay. Well, check this out. So every, once every seven years... You it's a new show that Narotko and Dave are working on for <laughs> hordes of TMC. Whores. No, check this out. This, come on, this right after be, The Walking Dead. This would be the most sought-after, uh, exclusive experiential dining experience you build a little pop-up restaurant in a field where you know there are a bunch of cicadas buried under the ground, and it's only open for one or two nights every seven years. You go in, you set up camp, and then as they start burrowing out of the ground, you have the little chopsticks with the prongs, or better yet, you have fondue forks, you spear the fucking things, and then you dip them right into pots of boiling oil and eat them. Like and you think candy. The Walking Dead is savage. That's not savage, They've dude. been waiting seven years, and you're just, as soon as they come up out of the ground, right through the head. Right through the head. I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood. Yeah. I'm just not a, a memory guy. I don't like to keep stuff around. See, that's the difference, dude. The files and the, yeah. My screenplay of youth, that's, that comes from a cluttered <laughs> mind that just, I, I hang on to every little quip. I, re- I read, did I finish chapter two? Episode oh. two? 
Oh, episode two. Those are, I don't know, man. They're just like shit bags. They, <laughs> that's part of the problem. They're a bunch of dirt ball. All right. It's, just, it's extended adolescence is what it is. Yeah, it is. Um, just coming out of it. One memory I do have. I don't, rem- I don't remember the cicadas being that bad here. They are brutal in Virginia. They were just out of the ground like this spring. Well, then that's so. nothing compared to what you get on the East Coast. Whew. And, and growing up... What were the cicadas like at Williams College, Mark? I don't... I, they didn't come out when I was there during my time at they Williams were, College. They were intimidated by your intellect, no doubt. I remember my neighbor, John. Mm. Johnny Boy. You're telling us a story now. John Boy, did in he the, have in little the, In the waning... In, heading toward dusk, the waning oh, sunlight. Word. Heading out into the middle of the street. And we're like, oh, we're going to play ball. We're going to do something. Grabs his tennis racket and is just swatting cicadas out of the out of the air, just Ooh. swatting them out of the air. Man, see, this, is how, this is how Williams College man tells a story. I can remember that waning. That's a good. See, that's hey. If all my memories could be as eloquent as and crisp as that, <laughs> we'd have a show. I'd be in business. <laughs> <laughs> so these is. I mean, I don't know. I, this is a visual story because you really got to see these pictures. Go to Instagram and look at our show image or sign up for the fucking newsletter, 303-548-6877. Hi at Natch.is. That's rather aggressive. Sorry. We would love but to have true. you. But it's true. It's a great <laughs> newsletter. And I this challenge is, This is some insane cutlery that Wataru has, to, has a... It's gorgeous, really. Envisioned. It actually does make me want to like, eat a bug. Really? I'd totally... Like that, huh. that deep fried scorpion thing? Oh, yeah. Pick that up with claws and just... <laughs> You just want to put on those little pincer claws, yeah. I do. Imagine you with those things, though, at, at Expo West, just piercing nipples left and right, Mark. And now is the time on, in the show when we I think we should enter ca- Josh's football mind. I think we should call this segment In the Face. <laughs> it's called In the Face. In the Face. Oh, what a... Just... Which actually, I don't think Did I, you remember any other interjections, ejaculations what? that she brought up? No, but I I remembered like why I said in the face and why it sounded familiar to me. It's in Coming to America when Prince Akeem, played by Eddie Murphy, they go to that basketball game and he's trying to impress the girl. And it's like in between, there's nothing going on. I think the quarter comes to an end and he's like, jumps up. He's like, yes, yes, in the face. (laughs) (laughs) What what week are we? Is this week five? I believe so. Okay. I just changed the uh, show notes in the docket. In the face, week five. In the face, week five. So who do we got here? I pick the If Patriots. you're looking for picks, Josh has picks. So on Sunday at 11... Wait, no, wait, wait. Before oh. you do this, you did this wrong. First, we need to know... I'm going to switch the order here. Oh. What, how are things going? Let me look. Oh, I can tell you how they're going. I'm still in first place. You're beating Amber to balls. I am. It's gotten tighter. Uh, but I did not win the week. That's all right. You won the season. The, it was because of the Panthers, dude. I thought the Panthers would beat the Falcons. I thought they'd had enough and they were going to rise up. No, the Falcons were not the paper tiger. The Panthers were the paper bird. How well weird said. is that? I also am looking at the standings here, and I realize that put it in my end zone is no longer in the top five. No, it could my all change. Second, my second it could favorite. all change this week. Okay. Uh, last night's game already happened. The, uh, the Cardinals beat the uh, motherfucking 49ers, mm. and anyone who picked the Cardinals to win got nine points, but I did not bet on that. I have picked... Uh, the Patriots to beat the the ten point spread to cover the spread against the Browns against the Browns ten got, points got the Broncos covering the spread thanks for that you're well, welcome oh, I should have let turn. you come up with something there over, over the Falcons uh, the Dallas Cowboys are oh. the underdogs by one point against the Cincinnati Bengals but I think they are gonna 
Like Dak. Dak. Dax. Dax? It's Dax Shepard. No, that's an actor. No. It's Dax Prescott. I don't know. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Dude talks about it a lot. I'm sure. Dax Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Like Black Sabbath. (laughs) Yeah. But it's Dax. Yeah, whatever. Okay. And then I think the Bills are going to. The Bills. Rams are a tough team, buddy, and they play dirty. That's fine, but the Bills are all fired up, dude. I don't know about that one. That was terrible audio that you just did. Hey, come on. People are falling asleep. All right, good point. Oh, no, but the the Bills, they they shut out the mother freaking spanking Patriots, dude. They're on a tear. Fluke. No, they're on a tear. And then the Raiders are going to just, they're actually going to demolish the Chargers. The Chargers have another injured player. Interesting. I think... I, I like your first, I like your first three. I think I think next week you're in trouble. Those last two are off. You think so? You think those Rams are going to really bring it, huh? Mm, they're going to ram it. I should get you in on this pool. It's too late now. But yeah, I want in. What is the name of this league? The Simps? get a load of Simeon. Yeah, Jesus, it's a it's a it's a play on semen. What does it cost to do this? Twenty dollars. Oh, I think I've already won my money back. No, no, I haven't. I've won ten dollars. Congratulations. The winner each week gets $10, and then the overall winner gets, I forget how much, like 250 So you've won one week. Yeah. But, but if you win the whole season, you get $250. How many people are in this league? 20-something, maybe. 20 times 20 is 400 Yeah. My brother splits $10 it $10 a week would be, there's 16 weeks? I think so. 160, 160. Mm-hmm. There's $240 left over. Mm. Maybe, I don't remember if he gives the winner some and then the runner-up a little something i can't recall all right nobody just, gives a shit people care my picks are hot dude We're, we'll see next week you we'll see what you think about rex ryan and his bills <laughs> that's in the fucking face you didn't think of anything else you said you didn't say anything during the games let me try and remember you were tasked with that i thought i told you that oh well like did you do anything this C- week cj anderson had a good run and okay. I was, and I was just like, I got all excited, and I was like, "Yes, Anderson!" I just said his name and gave Elias a high five. That was the best I could come up with. Yes, Anderson. Mostly, I just keep my mouth shut. That's yes, Anderson. I, I told you about what my mom would do though when she'd watch Sammy Weiner back in the day. Go Sammy, go Sammy, go Sammy, go Sammy. Yeah. And then she went and got his autograph, and I said it was on her. Yeah. No, but he pulled out his his false front teeth for us, and that was a thrill. Okay. <laughs> Done with your picks, right? I think so. Unless you want, unless you want to continue trash talking my last two. I'm not in the league. Wait, that you would... think? Wait a minute. Those last two. You think the Chargers are going to beat the fucking Raiders? Chargers are just flailing, right? Yeah, but the Raiders are not. They have a good quarterback. No, I know, but they're that... starting to piece things together. The Chargers have another uh, injured uh, player. I forget That's who. Why they're dangerous. Someone important tore their ACL. Who hasn't torn their ACL? Yeah, but they're not in the fucking game for the, ah. of the season. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm picking the... I think you're wrong on the last two. The we'll find out next week in Natch 85. Come back and listen. We're going to find out. All right. What's this video? I didn't watch it. <laughs> Resistance is futile. This is a video. And this is an audio podcast. On the interweb. That came to me via Mr. Lauren Israelson at the United Natural Products Alliance. Wow. Alerting his membership to interesting things that he sees. Mark is a member of that alliance. I am through a consulting practice I own and operate. Is that called Brush Inc.? Or did you change it? Bend. 
Oh yeah, bend. What is what is bend? In a creative. What is bend? In a creative. This isn't. You're hiding something. No. In a there's lots of. You're gonna release your tax documents, bend. Sure. The American people demand to know. I haven't asked. In a creative stroke inspired by Hollywood wizardry, scientists from the Kishoni Lab, Kishoni, Kishoni, at Harvard Medical School and Technion bleh, have designed a simple way to observe how bacteria move as they become impervious to drugs. The experiments are thought to provide the first large-scale glimpse of the maneuvers of bacteria as they encounter increasingly higher doses of antibiotics and adapt to survive and thrive in them. You should watch this video. Okay. It's in the links in the doc. They set up this plate, mm-hmm. put some agar on there. They Let's do pronounce agar. Agar. As in Garth, agar. They do, and then they've banded it. Like, here's this little band on the edge has no antibiotic in it. Then the next, they scoot in a little bit. The next band, I think, has one time. Don't watch it now. One times the the amount needed to kill the bacteria, then it's 10 times, then 100 times in the middle, 1,000 times the dose needed to kill bacteria. And then they put a little more agar, agar. agar on top so that the bacteria can move around, put some paint, I think it's black, I don't know, whatever. You can see through it, and then they watch over time as the bacteria fills the band with no antibiotic. And then it's trying to get into the next, and it can't. But then a mutant makes it over and figures it out, and then it starts to spread. Then it moves more, moving toward the middle. By the time it gets, and then it, it takes over the whole plate. In how long? 11 goddamn days. 11 goddamn days. 11 goddamn days for that bacteria to overcome a thousand times the dose needed to kill it. Wow. Get off the bacteria treadmill. Nature's amazing. The antibiotic treadmill. The resistance cliff is futile. Yeah, I don't take antibiotics unless I, <laughs> unless I really need to. Well, that's smart. So I'm, I'm halfway off the treadmill. I don't know. I don't. Well, everybody's worried that we're not going to have antibiotics to overcome anything pretty soon, and it's kind of uh-huh. like you go in for knee surgery, you die some <laughs> shitty infection. You fall in your backyard playing badminton, scrape your knee, <laughs> out. We all got to die. Right, Joan Didion? Was that not a good segue? <laughs> I don't think she's dead. Well, I know, but she knows about death is my point. Man, I think she does. Tell us why while we're talking about Joan Didion, Mark. Me? Okay, sure. Yeah, you got the book right in front of you. Natch Book Club. We've decided on the next, next book. It will be by Joan Didion. Well, no, it is by Joan Didion. Us deciding doesn't preclude her writing it. Joan Didion, born December 5th, 1934. You love these when I do these. Mm-hmm. Little Wikipedia biography. Yeah. Is an American author best known for her novels and her literary journalism. Just a showcase for your oratory skills. Her novels right? and essays explore the disintegration of American morals and cultural chaos, where the overriding theme is individual and social fragmentation. A sense of anxiety or dread permeates much of her work. Predict the future much, Joan? My God. We were going to read Social Slouching Fragmentation Towards Bethlehem collection of I think that no, would have been good. We were going to. Oh. I think we're going to di- we're going to dive into the grief. Yeah, that'll the year of magical up the thinking. podcast. Yeah. Probably not. But look at this. I was looking around for Joe. I think it's her it's her cooking. 
Well, I might get this wrong. Her deceased hus- husband's son or some some relation. No, not her deceased husband's son because that would be her son. Well, unless he had a son from another marriage. No, there's some relation. It's a, I don't know. It's a person on that side of the family. Did a Kickstarter to like make a, I think a bio or a movie of her life or something like that. One of the perks was, hey, you get a copy of Joan's personal recipe book. I like that. Handwritten recipes. I found you one here. Parsley salad. I know. This sounds really good. Serves 35 to 40 people, I think. That can't be right. <laughs> That's a lot. Is it? just gets a spoonful. I'm going to erase that. Let's pretend we didn't no, hear that. that. That's good. Is that what that means? I don't know. But I don't think that means that. 35 to 40 minutes prep time. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say this. Parsley salad, 35 to 40. Eight bunches Italian parsley. Hmm. I typically don't make salad out of parsley. Interesting. I've done it. Blend 16 tablespoons of olive oil with one head parsley until smooth. Hmm. Okay. What? What? What is that? I'm just moving the mic around. Blend in four tablespoons balsamic vinegar, salt, and pepper. When ready to serve, place parsley in one and a third cup grated parmesan in a bowl and toss with the dressing. Sold. Simple. Simple food. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Maybe we should make that recipe for for next week. We can eat it while we talk about chapters one, two, and three of the Year of Magical Thinking. Just one and two. Chapters next week, chapters one and two, Year of Magical Thinking. So if you're not already aware, this book is an account of the year following the death of the author's husband, John Gregory Dunn. And I thought her daughter died too. Why is that not in here? Oh, my friend, my friend. Her daughter was in a coma. Oh. Recovering from... Some sort of cancer, I thought. No, no. That was way off. Yep. Oh, God, what was it? Shit. Some sort of hematoma. Like she'd fallen... Oh, man. Mm. Her daughter suffered a series of, of... illnesses and and to die later after this book right before this book came out oh god yeah so she wrote another book oh. <laughs> called blue nights about that death this one is about dealing with the death of her husband while her daughter's in the okay. intensive care of the hospital recovering from scary stuff your magical thinking all right um look forward to that I am. Me too. I, I, I swear I have a copy of this somewhere in the basement. I'm going to find it before I go to the library. Oh, boy. I'll, I'll read it. Don't worry. Okay. You know me and deadlines. I love them. Oh, boy. Uh, so, oh, so we got an interlude, too. Oh, up. boy. The song is called Call My Name by Matt Acosta. This work I was not familiar with. It's from a, he did a soundtrack to a movie that's coming out called Orange Sunshine. It's a documentary about a church formed in the early 60s by a group of surfers slash hippies in Orange County who wanted to change the world with psychedelic drugs and became the largest manufacturers of LSD in the United States. How fun is that? Whoa. Woo. Jesus. Moving that mic. So is this like a real movie or an indie movie? I think it's a documentary. I just, that was was mean to say. I don't know why I said that. Well, is it like a big budget Hollywood movie? No, no, I think it's a smaller film. Smaller film. I don't see Hollywood Please. wanting to throw out a bunch of money for LSD I, Chronicles. I, if you were to infect this podcast with big money Hollywood, I would stop coming. You would happily spend it. Uh, so anyway, it's kind of a cool song. I, the This is the single off the soundtrack, so it's got some singing. But there's a lot of wonderful, like, fluttery... Uh, Cue it up! 
dex- dexterous brush style. I love a good picking. flourish. All right, get ready for some flourish. Although this doesn't have a lot of flourish, it just has pop. I need your love. I need your love so badly. Now since I found you wanting no one else around me. Need your love. And I'm counting on your arms to hold me. Oh. So badly, and what a dream it's been. Your fountain flowing round me. Need your love, and I'm counting on you. That was some flourish. I told you there was some flourish on this record. Yeah, you can talk. You don't have to pantomime in this house. I just did a nice slow fade. Oh, okay. I didn't know what was happening. That was uh, two thumbs up on that. Uh, that's nice, isn't it? Although I kept, I kept thinking the song should be called Need Your Love. Need Your Love. It's called Call Your Name. Interesting. I think he says Call Your Name at some point. I also like... It was mostly just like sort of one track performance. Then he overdubbed some other vocals. I'm working on a um, 
Is shoulder season back in the studio? Is that what I'm about? <laughs> yeah, but what I want to do is I'm going to have some sh- shoulder season tracks. Oh, yeah? Which is just acoustic guitar and this voice. And then I want to give it to C-Tech. Dave C-Tech? To add... Or this C-Tech. Well, you, you're the C-Tech. <laughs> I guess I give it to Old Gay for a collaboration Ooh. just to add some ambiance. Hey, old Gay loves ambiance. Not too much, but a little. It's always good to have a little old gay in the background, right? So where were we? You did love. We're about to go deep. Now that we have some love. Food news. This is the eventually portion of the podcast. Natch, episode 84, food news eventually. Text the (coughs) Soundhawk. What's that number, Soundhawk? 303-548-6877. Subscribe to the newsletter. You can do that by texting your email address directly to the Soundhawk. There's also a buried button on the website somewhere that'll get you there. Hi at Natch.is. That's another way to do it. Leave a comment on social media at Real Natch. Do you leave comments on social media? If you need to. If that's the only way you can reach out and say, put me on the newsletter. It's not really leave a comment. You can comment. You can leave a comment on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, you could do that. What? Uh, Yeah. Like social media. That, where'd you I was learn, thinking Twitter. Where'd you learn to tweet? We what did. We had a we had a little inner a Q and A on the on the on the blog on the website with a band. You tweeted it. You didn't include their Twitter handle anywhere, so they have no idea that it's been tweeted. <laughs> I didn't know they had one. Well, so usually someone would. Oh, I should have searched. As a, as a social marketing maven, what I do is I go well, and I search before I start well, tweeting I, I willy nilly. I would have done that, but I was on the website and I just kicked it off of there. I was like, ah. How lazy. See what Josh. Why, why don't you just wait and let me do it? And then, well, you didn't do it. Dude, I did do it. I did it the right way. And then we got a after bunch of I listens it, in London. After I did it and said, oh, you might want to do this better. No, you said you can go in and tag people or whatever. Like, all right. Yeah, so my, you didn't what, do What kind it. of Twitter novice bullshit is that? You can't tag someone. Even better than, even better than, you know, who's the social media maven? Even better than what you did. Oh, this is so fucking ridiculous. Listen to what we're talking about. What do you mean? It's, it's I, in, I constructed a tweet. Instead of the CC up and retweeted. at whatever, you could just tag them in the, in the photo, probably. No, there wasn't oh, there a was photo. No photo. You're right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dude, you're the maven. I, I concede. Yeah. Thank you. You can tag them in it or what? Yeah. Current, well, at least I kicked off the tweet. You just wait and you kick it off right. It's not like it's hot off the press as shit. It's just a blog post. It's not like we have an RSS well, feed gonna, and half the world is getting it off that. Later? Yes. Oh, all I right. asked you to, I said, hey, take a look. I was like saying, if you mm. want to make any edits, do it. Well, I have one edit, but I'm not going to make it yet. You already made it. I did? Wait, you're going to go back and retroactively edit some well, shit? Well, it's just earlier this, this, this week? big giant pre-order now. Oh, I like that. It's like we're like marketing for them. It's just a nice big big link. But then I was like, oh, maybe we'll just leave it because there's no other way to know you're supposed to like buy something. I'll take that off eventually. Whoa! We don't have to. I mean, if someone wants to order the record, These little count it easy meters on the website don't work except for Facebook where there's been 35 shares of that. How is that even possible? What? We don't have Facebook. No, but I have a function. Oh, boy. Oh, you mean people are kicking Other people, it off. they can just click that button and share it oh, on gotcha, Facebook. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 35 times that's happened. I guess maybe that says we should. Oh, we have a Facebook page. Ah, fuck. No, we do? Remember that stupid one that I made? Oh, I can't. No. But we have no, we have no friends. I, I cannot do that. Perennial wheat is an ecologist dream. Soon it may be what's for dinner. Jane Black, Washington Post. Kernza. If you remember nothing else from this episode, Kernza. Kernza. 
Kernza. What is Kernza? Good question. Is it a perennial wheat? The yeah, I've done this before. The grain was Kernza, a new breed of wheat. Unlike the usual varieties, <coughs> sorghum, <laughs> sorghums. Oh, it's really acting up. I can, I can like at fifty percent throat capacity. That's hard on a singer songwriter. Unlike the usual varieties, it is perennial, which means it grows back in subsequent years rather than being sown each spring. That matters because over time, the plant develops a deep, dense root system. Deep. I told you we were going to go deep. That helps to build healthy soil and to keep carbon in the soil, a counter to climate change. No wonder perennial grains have long been the holy grail for a certain set of agroecologists. Visionaries are eco-weenies, depending on your perspective. Eco-weenies? It's just a little... Kind know. of a dick jab right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you got it. <clears throat> Bingo bongo, buddy. Birthday mambo. It's an intermediate wheat grass. It's a very distant cousin of what we know now as wheat. All right. The name, you'll be happy to know, is a combination of... So this is a trademark name by the Land Institute. Mm-hmm. Should I say, well, rather, uh, Wes Jackson and his team, a well-known, mm, 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 what's He's old got is long, new, curly hair. Wendell oh. Berry-esque. Oh, okay, a poet. Of that ilk. An oh, agro-poet. Just a thoughtful farmer, right? I think you might call him an agro-eco-laureate. He's an agro-eco-visionary weenie. Okay. It's a combination of kern from Colonel and za. Oh, from like pizza, New York style. From Kanza. Fucking za. The native, what about some... The Native American word from which Kansas was derived. Oh. I like the idea of some za with dough made from Kwanza, from this special grain. It's not Kwanza. Kernza. You're... Joanne Kernza. That's a growing pains callback. Joanne Kernza. Well, Joanne Kearns plays the mother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not Kernza. Wow. It's just, hey, free associating, dude. It's a podcast. The Perennial, new restaurant in San Francisco, is serving this. The Perineum? It does sound like Oof, a, it does Not like okay. A Along with its house-made Kernza bread and crackers and a deliciously toasted Kernza ice cream Why in Minneapolis. Kernza ice cream? Who wants wheat ice cream? I'll bet you that's good. It's malty. It's a malty wheat. I do like malt. Malt Why are you liquor. So, so sweet. How about a 40 You're afraid of the savory? How about some, col- some Kernza Colt 45? You're afraid of the savory. Kernza 45. In Minneapolis, Works every close to a large Kernza test plot, chefs and food artisans are using it in tortillas, muffins, pasta. Tortillas. General Mills is, is looking at it. I'm sure they are. Saved the best for last. Patagonia Provisions. <clears throat> They're going to make fleece out of Kernza, Mark? Nope. A new division from, of the Outdoor Gear Company. This week released its first commercial product made with Kernza, Long Root Ale. An ale? Mm. Long Root yeah, I'll show you a picture of it. Okay. You Should I like? pretend you haven't already showed me? Did I get all excited again? You, you didn't read this article, did you? Of course not. No, you showed me a picture of that dude standing next to the big no, that's, deep roots. That's the roots. The roots. Oh, the ale. Long root ale. That's why it's oh, called the, long root. The ale looks good. Wait, is that a Patagonia makes the ale? Yes. Were you listening to anything I said? Sort of. It was kind of all merging together. Yep. Patagonia ale. They make beer too, huh? Out of I don't Kernza. think you can buy it out here. It's just in the Pac Northwest. Pacno, gotta go Pacno. Up Pacno, where uh, people listen to techno and play Pac-Man, and and men eat fifty for seven. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? God, is this your first rodeo? I'm not done. 
Over the years, the Land oh, Institute God. has worked to develop a You're going to love this. a variety Because it lets you do your fucking impression. A variety of perennials. Rice, which is now being tested in China. Sunflowers for oil. And sorghum. Oh, oh you want the... <laughs> Over the years, the Land Institute has worked to develop a variety of perennials. Rice, which is now being tested in China. Sunflowers for oil. And sorghum, which I <laughs> heartily recommend you consider obtaining on your next excursion out into the wild. And wow, 10-point landing on this one. Men eat 57% more meat than women do. This is our second story. Danielle Venald, Civil Eats. I haven't read it. Hit me up. I can't wait to try to follow what you're going to say about this. Well, let me lay this on you, Mark. Consumer studies show that men are less... You've been wearing those fucking pants all week? Just today. So happy you got those with your Kelsey Grammer book. All right, if you want to go there. Pure Miami Vice. I found them. You know, let me, here, a little life mic. hack. little life hack for everyone right now. God, that is not a life hack. No, no, no. The month of October is the absolute best month to go, <laughs> to go thrift store shopping. Good delivery. Because if you know which thrift stores in your area are, have robust Halloween racks, it's, it's, it's like Christmas in October at the thrift store. So those are Halloween pants? Well, no, but what they do, what thrift stores is anytime, anytime they see something, ooh, anytime they see something come through that looks like old timey or weird, I think they just throw it in a bin for Halloween. So you go on Halloween, they have a lot of like weird cheap 70s clothes, but then they have all sorts of amazing vintage clothing that, that they just sit on all year. Like these Zubas. They're not actually Zubas. Look, wait, look at this. Hold on, let me show you this. Did you... Oh. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at what's the tag say. I think that says, dare to wear. That's right. Is that a story now? The, uh, the little cuffs by the ankles are the best part. Oh, yeah, look at those. These are classic Zuba style. Yeah, that's a story, but what's this other thing pants. on the story? Did you start a story yesterday? Uh, on accident. <laughs> you just left it? I was sitting on the toilet, actually. So that, that was supposed to be an Easter egg for the people. But hey, you're welcome, people. <laughs> it's, a, it's not like you smell something through Twitter store or Insta stores. <laughs> I looked at it. It was like two seconds. Like, I have no idea what this is. All right. Uh, oh, wait. There was another take. What's, what is that? That's my refrigerator, man. Oh, God. There's dog barking now. All right. This is dead air. What are we doing? Oh. Oh. Oh, maybe the sound's not coming through. Oh, wait, here we go. This, wh- what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> what? I, what is that? Uh, that's, that's, uh, Dropping some friends off at the river? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Having some trouble. Uh, anyway, <laughs> meat. Men eat 57% more meat than women do. Consumer studies show that men are less likely to view plant based diets as nutritious or tasty. Huh. They also don't tend to believe that plant based foods provide enough energy. Mm. 
Oh, this might be part of the reason behind the fact that Americans eat around twice the recommended daily allowance of protein every day, despite the fact that the body is unable to store it. Oh my God. I talked to so many people about pro- the protein craze and everybody who's got any brains goes like, why the fuck do we care about this? This is not a nutrient of concern. You we know, get plenty of protein in this country. You know who the first person you talked to about that was? This guy right here. I've been, old I've been saying that for ages. Deridus. Old Deridus. Old Deridus has been making you wise to this for a while now. You don't need this much protein. But that's... <laughs> Have you been saying that? I, I talk the talk. I don't walk the walk because sometimes I eat two Vega bars a day. Yeah. So I can't wait to have my nut-filled cliff bar. Nut-butter-filled cliff bar. Mm. I brought. I only brought one. It was just in my pocket. It wasn't intentional. Well, so, so we have this problem, right? So you don't have to give me a Vega bar. Men especially are eating too much meat. As we've discussed on this podcast, we know that excessive meat consumption is neither good for the body nor the environment. Now who's not listening? You're, you're playing with the predator. Your deadly, your deadly cat is trying to eat me like a bird. I know. So, but part of the problem is it's perception, right? Listen to this. People who eat healthy foods are seen as responsible, but those who eat pastries and pies are interpreted as fun and easygoing. Yeah, lifestyle, man. And if you want to be seen as a real man... Don't the, box me in with your fucking gluten-free cookies. The research shows you should eat red meat and the lots research? of it. The research? The research shows you should eat red meat and lots of it if you want to be a real man. Uh, I don't think that, but all right. The research shows, Mark, and there's a link, all right? <laughs> uh, Sold! But, but so, you know, obviously, right, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So we need some mad men minds in here to try and pitch plant-based oh, products to the, to the dudes. Minds. That's a, that's a profession in decline. Advertising. Yes. No, it's just changing. It's not in decline. I mean, changing liquid martini you, you lunches are dead. You and me. We're the future of advertising. Yep. Do it yourself on the toilet. That's the best <laughs> advertising you can make. That's right. Uh, but things are, the tides are starting to change, Mark. Look at those wheels spinning in that mind. Keep it on the rails, buddy. You're one to talk. You, you, you think you're so fucking cool over there, Kermy. Oh, man. What? That hurts. What do you mean? You're talking mad shit. You're bagging. I don't like on this my guy. voice. All right. <laughs> yeah, he gets all crestfallen. <sighs> uh, so, like, high, high end. Men's retail website, Mr. Porter, reported 300% increase in the sale of these products, of men's grooming products, what? in the year 2015 alone. What are you telling me? So men are starting to become more effete. They're, oh, they're starting to buy grooming, grooming products. products. So they're starting to become more concerned with their appearance. You make that link, right? You link it up to health. Health is part of appearance. Don't eat a bunch of meat. Dirty don't lemon. A, don't have a John Wayne shit, mm. shit cake in your stomach. Big <laughs> steak shit cake. You John. never heard that. You never heard that urban legend that when he was autopsied, they found like a big fucking basketball-sized piece of impacted fecal matter in his colon because all the damn red meat he was eating. Y- you know what? What? That's not true. I don't know. I read it. I saw a link. There was a link. <laughs> oh, but check this out. You know Beyond Meat. We know the. Hell products. yeah, I know Beyond Meat. We know the gave you the meat sweats. We know yeah the meat the the Beast Burger gave me the meat sweats. Check this out. They have partnered with NBA players and other athletes to endure. Yeah, that's smart. People foods. have been trying to figure that out for a while. Yeah. You know the big breakthrough there? We've talked about it on this podcast, Steph Curry. Yep, with the Brita water filter endorsed, endorsed water. That's right. Not fucking Pepsi. Water. Beyonce. The, the ultimate sports beverage, water. <sighs> Where's LeBron? LeBron. Like yeah, Mc, I don't know. McDonald's, I think. 
Anyway, I have a up. feeling. I have a feeling that um, you know. Don't like it. Don't like it one bit. If yep, if, there's the LeBron McDonald's commercial. I, I don't want. I don't want to watch that. it. I knew I'd seen that. Uh, Dwight Howard and LeBron. So can I share a final, final thought there? Interrupt us. Johnny Manziel has Jesus. That's not going to last. That must be an old one. Yeah, I'm ready. That's good because I forgot what I was going to say. Possible foods worked with no restaurants. Okay. Does this? Oh, yeah. Bring it home with that last bullet. Well, I don't know if I the. You calling out the bullet now? You're 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 you're, you're, you're putting a pothole in front of me. <laughs> what? <laughs> If this election cycle has proved anything, right? It's almost like there are these two weird Americas. There's what do you the, mean? All you have to do is say, does this manly horse shit die with Trump? People yeah. would love that. I'm, that's what I was setting up. Well, you're getting too fancy with it. Go ahead. Well, not really. I just feel like this election... Because the answer is no, but maybe give me the argument. Maybe well, there no, is. No, it doesn't die. It, maybe it gets all cicada-like. It burrows back into the ground and festers God, for seven and years. it comes back up and you stab it right before it even sees the sun. That's what you got to do, man. At least let it come out, and then you swat it with no, the but I think the, 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 the more picnic buffet, there's a bigger surge of progressive behavior. Among, I think there, we're always we're, it's you can't see it, forest in the tree, tree in the forest, yeah. forest for the trees. Things are happening, everything's getting better all the time. You don't see that, you see the stuff that's getting worse. We need to stop making bacon flavored this and that, though. That's part of the problem. That well, that'll be the day, the, the, the sexiness of bacon. Make that stop. Trying to get comfortable. Yeah, is that a crime? No. All right. Uh, I got another. Sheesh. I got another story for you. <laughs> what? I can't wait. <laughs> You're gonna have to. This one comes from Shaggy Brownie. I forgot to hat tip Shaggy Brownie. Hat tip Shaggy Brownie, our expert in all things poop. Shaggy and Brown. Uh, we should consider eating our own poop for a better future by Josh Evans Munchies. Oh, vice. Yeah, this is very new, new journalism. It's all first person -y. You know, it's new journalism. First wave of new journalism? I said nude. Nude? Nude journalism. <laughs> Who cares about new journalism? Tell me about your first wave. Who? Uh, it's not going to be hard. Who was in the first wave of new journalism? Thomas Wolfe. Hunter Thompson. And? Joan Didion. Joan Didion. Joni Dids. Joni did it. She was a new journalist. I think she was hot. I don't know. But was she like hot shit back in the 60s, 70s? Sort of like. Fuck yeah, she was a big deal. I know she was a big deal, but was she also like a. Like a minx? Yeah. Totally. I didn't. How do you know? Because I saw. I, have you not looked at the pictures? Weirdly? I mean, she's a foxy, yeah. stylish lady. I've only known her as an older, elegant, extremely small woman. She is tiny. She's bird-like. I think I read somewhere she's like less than 80 pounds. She probably would not like being near my cat. Um, so, hey, we were talking about eating bugs earlier. I think we were just about talking about a poop. And I... There was my sorghum's moment. That made no sense. I think we were just about to start talking about eating poop. Dude, I was just setting that up, man. <laughs> and you're... And you're, and you're uh, Oh, I'm tapping the mic stand. That's going to get picked up. So why stop at insects? Yet another banner week on Natch. Eight four. Why be satisfied? I, I can't tell if you're being sincere or just a jackass. 83, you were like ready to like go kill. You could go out there and eat some birds. You're so mad. You're so on edge. I'm not very on edge. This week, who knows what he's been doing. 
And now, and now he's kind of right. he's kind of stumbling through. Now he's trying to bring it. It's oh, you're such a well-oiled son of a bitch, huh? What the fuck is that pointing shit? I'm ready. God, why be satisfied with their admittedly glowing report card of optimized efficiency when we could go all the way? The logical conclusion of this. What? Whose report card? I missed that. Oh my God. It's just a, he's just, he's just shooting. He's just off the cuff. Okay. Insects are good for you in many different ways. Okay. All right. Insects? Dude, you have not been listening at all. Oh, I didn't realize that was a quote. Yeah, you oh, I th- dumb son of a bitch. You're over here telling me I'm fucking it up, and you're every time I no. try and start this quote, you're like, Whoa! Here, okay, here's what I do when it's time for one of my non-stories to come up. I lean back. I don't look at the doc. I don't know what's a quote, what's not. Yeah. I thought you were just talking to me. Why stop at eating insects? I said we were just talking about eating bugs. Why stop at eating insects? Like, well, I thought we were talking about eating poop. So you weren't letting me do in my proper setup. So you're saying I'm the one flailing and bumbling around, but you're causing me to fucking bumble because you're not paying fucking attention. So, Hardly. if we may continue. Oh, I, well, I beg to differ. If we may begin. Let us engineer the perfect closed loop. Let us eat and only eat our own poop. All right? That good enough for you? I mean, <laughs> as it turns out. I pretty much got that from the headline. Feces is, a quite, com- is quite a complex substance. In addition to the waste of digested foods, there is actually quite a bit of useful material to reclaim from it. Undigested or unabsorbed proteins, fats, carbohydrates, micronutrients such as vitamins and minerals, and even some enzymes. There's fiber, water, and dead cells from the body in there, such as red blood cells and cells from the intestinal lining. Not to mention many of the microorganisms living in the gastrointestinal tract. This is horse shit. No, it's your shit. It's human shit. Yeah, but it's also horse shit. Listen, though, our feces is already rich with gut bacteria and fungi. Yeah, but... And the most nutritive of these are what we will be able to mass culture. So it's not just eating raw shit. Right, okay. With further research, we will likely be able to tweak, uh, tweak their yield and even inter- induce their production of different nutri- sure. nutritive compounds as necessary so that we will be able to generate the remaining 50% of our energy and nutrition from the feces itself. Okay, so the argument here is 50%. Because let's let's just pause. Okay. Let's let these people in. Vice, whoever this guy is. Who's this guy? Johnny? Josh. Oh, it's Josh. Surprise, Josh surprise. Josh Evans. Josh 1, reading a story about from Josh 2. Mm. Josh 2 advice says, oh, let's eat our poop. I'm like, okay, hot stuff. I'm not sold because I know poop. It, you eat? Your body extracts what it needs from the food. You poop out the rest. Waste. It's called waste for a reason. Right. You ain't going to sell me that that's all I need to eat. But okay, it's not all I need to eat. I get that then. But you can use it to make but You can harvest it things. and make stuff. And Shaggy Brownie can skim it off the top of his blueberry pond. Yep. And, and, and just leave all the dead, the, 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 the residual pharmaceuticals in there. Just get a little Xanax with your boob. Oh, <laughs> I was, gonna get, was working up to a riff. <laughs> Many animals already exhibit what is known as so they coprophagia, coprophagia, oh, yeah, or the eating of feces. Yeah, yeah. Elephants, hippos, koalas, pandas, and others are born with sterile digestive tracts, and the young eat their mother's feces in order to inoculate their own intestines with the right microbes. You're just missing Desmond Morris right now, aren't you? Big time. Dogs, rabbits, monkeys, and others have also been observed eating feces of their own and other species. God knows what for, but they do. I know what for. 
That's why dogs don't get all sick all the time. That's why dogs can drink gutter water and not get sick. Because they eat their own shit. They don't give a shit. Mm, a cliff bar with a nut core. Nut butter filled cliff bar. Chocolate peanut butter. Mm, pretty good. Candy bar. All right. I'm just going to let you show me how it's done now, Mark. Well, I get it. So, would I be wrong? Let me back up in the mic for a second. Would I be wrong to say that basically what they're telling me to do is fortify or supplement? I'm going to have to eat a diet, but I can get more and more energy out of by harvesting poop and turning that into a... You might. This story does get a little kooky because it also talks about how in the future we might just let cattle roam free and and instead of harvesting them for meat, we'll be harvesting their poop to extract nutrients and microbes and such and culture it. So It's just a different vision for a weird, wacky food future, Mark. Yeah. You know what I keep coming back to, though, is is our original vision of refurbishing suburban malls into indoor... You got got an indoor grow facility for... For vegetation, for plants that we can eat, you got a wing of the mall where you got uh, you're raising insects to grind into flowers and meals. What else was there? I thought we had four components to that mall, didn't we? Maybe you did. There was the aquaponic. Oh, there, there was fish. There were fish, fish ponds. It was aquaponic vegetation, like you were growing it with all the fish water, watering all the plants, like you know, creating a loop. You know how that works? Aquaponics. Have you seen it? You mean aquaculture? I think it's called aquaponics. Anyway. You can grow vegetables out of it, yeah. Yeah, so you have vegetables growing, you have fish growing, you have uh, insects, and then maybe, I don't know, you solar farm. Oh, the parking lot was a solar farm. And you had chickens running around the parking lot. That's what it was, chickens. All right, we'll see, but that's... That's a better vision. Yeah, it's a little less gross than culture. We're not going to fucking cow shit. That's not going to, come on. No. I mean, if it's the road... If it's the Walking Dead, yeah, we'll work on that. Eat cow chips. We won't give a shit. People sometimes follow their fancy too far. Yeah, well, this Vice article is a little like that. They're they're trying to get a little fast and loose over there. Seem real breezy and edgy, and some of it don't stick. I got one left. All right, I'm just gonna sit back and bask. We get, but you got to participate. I'm gonna gonna watch you. No, first I'm gonna watch you lay a masterful foundation. Okay. See it glistening on the hilltop already. NPR story. Erica Byers. Chills. Wrong. All Erica right. Bears. Ooh. <laughs> Still got goosebumps. This historian wants you to know the real story of Southern food. Man, we just can't get away from Southern food. Or you can't. Or food pathways. Or food history. You know. Affection. Michael Twitty. I want you to know this name. Any relation to Conway Twitty? Yes. Want you to know where Southern food really comes from, and he wants the enslaved African Americans who were part of its creation to get credit. That's why Twitty goes to places like Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's grand estate in Charlottesville, Virginia, to cook meals that slaves would have eaten and put their stories back into American history. You with me? Mm-hmm. Twitty's been getting a lot of press. I think he was also, was he part of, he was not part of the John T. Edge, Tunde Way debate, but he was part of the, I think it was Charleston. Hey, we're such a hotbed of Southern when they're like, that's our fucking food. 
My history, my culture. Maybe you've tweaked it a little. Where's my credit? Give me your job. A big moment. Twitty is black, Jewish, and gay. Go Twitty. That's the sentence. That's, ha- that's two-thirds Sammy Davis Jr. right there. He writes about all these things on his blog, Afro Culinaria, linked in the doc, and increasingly in mainstream media publications. His mission is to expand where American food traditions come from and to shed light on African Americans' contributions to those traditions, which most historical accounts have long ignored. So if you were to look, dig into this, sort of what this guy does, mm-hmm. first of all, it's pretty badass to go to like Monticello to like, I'm going to make a slave feast. And when he does in it... In the slaves' quarters? Well, in the, when he like, the clothes he wears... He it's gets like, all like Civil War reenactment it's like, style? It's like Williamsburg. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's living history. The clothes, he like cooks over open fires, like whole rabbits, and it's just like a thing. Hmm. It's just a thing. Taste of Southern cooking, one might say. Well, but not of the kind that exists anymore. Right, but Edna Lewis knew it. She did. And we knew her. Matchbook Club. Now it has a little bit of an edge, though, right? In a the John time, T. edge, you the, might say? The times in which we live. Mm. Charged. Getting there? It's really been in the, this. This is a, who is this? This is, a, uh, I think it's somebody at Monticello. It's really been in the past few years that people come here and they say, wow, what did the slaves eat? Did they grow their own produce? Did Jefferson give them food? Good questions. Yeah. Food offers an opening to difficult but important conversations. Oh, people who may not feel comfortable talking about slavery feel okay talking about sweet potatoes and ham hocks. I think we've talked about this before. Food is the gatekeeper to serious conversation. Didn't we cover that Tunde Way article too? I believe we did. Similar ilk. Mm-hmm. Birds of a feather. Flocking together. Hiding from cats. Staying away from the kitties. The feral, free-range cats. Feral. 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 <laughs> that's, why Michael Twi- that's what Michael Twitty is after. Affecting people emotionally and helping them see the role his ancestors played in the great American story in a new light. But for him, reviving slave culture is also an act of defiance. Yeah. A rebuttal. Give me your goddamn job. He says, it's like the equivalent, you know, I'm Jewish, so I guess I can say this, the equivalent of having a bar mitzvah at Auschwitz. You know, why not? Damn. It's getting hot out there. Hot in the food world thing. Hot in the food world tonight. Go Twitty. Totally Twitty. You should, you should look into this guy. He's a... I'm going to twerk a, it with Twitty because that a, is... He's a force of nature, this man. I love it. He's also very... He seems very gentle in a hmm. weird way. So, one last thing before we sign out. How long have we been going? One hour, five minutes, nine oh, seconds. I like that Twitty, though. I like that Twitty style. Maybe I'm just responding to... What an amazing delivery of a, of a story. <laughs> You were, you were right. I was just not there. Not at the Williams College level of... <laughs> you can get there. Just drop the bravado. That's not the bravado. It's Let actually that I didn't... You. you know what helps, though, is I didn't interrupt the shit out of you. As you yeah! <laughs> you're trying to set it up, which yeah. you did to me, you son of a bitch. Well. Well, I'm well, entitled. All right, new rule for the food news eventually part. We'll just both sit back. No interruptions. Let the person finish. And I also... The other thing I was doing is I was doing this. Looking at you, 
I was not looking at the Google, Google Doc or fiddling with the cat. So that's called concentrating. <laughs> yeah, some etiquette here. If you had been concentrating on what I was saying, you could have, instead of being an adversary, you know, you could have been a, an asset, Mark. Let's be, let's be, let's be assets. Conversaries, not adversaries. <laughs> Take us home, Mark. What do you got for us, buddy? All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to Escobona in a week or two. Sure. I'm taking a mic. Yeah. I'm going to hit up the, uh, the food futurists, changing mm-hmm. the good food future. One of them's going to be there named Dr. Bronner. I don't know who. Somebody from there. A Bronner will be there. Look at the, I want to just read a few of these bullet points from one slide being presented by David Crazy Fox Bronner in some conference room somewhere. And that's going to tee up next week when we, I'm going to read. You don't have to read it. Okay, good. Well, you might if you want, but I'm going to read their new all one report. Oh, you're going to read. Okay. Isn't that is like a quarterly report or something? It's like what it's a, like a it's, state of the nation. Yeah. It's like a corporate report. It's like what one of those should be an annual report from a company. It's, it's a about, new kind of template. Last year's was insane. A gauntlet? We covered last year's. It was insane. So this is another heavy... This is their second year. Steely velvet glove gauntlet. Go ahead. Corporate responsibility, sustainability, all their causes, what they're up to. Last year's was insane. How about those bullet points? Dr. Bronner's wages start at $17 for full-time workers. Solid. That's a well above Fair wage. wage. We cap executive compensation at five times the lowest paid position. Booyah. We dedicate all profits not needed for operating our business to support and advance progressive causes. That's why he writes those checks. Love that, dude. Shit, that's good. Okay. We became a benefit corporation in July 2015 and are a certified B Corp. We created a living wage statement. Our second annual sustainability report can be downloaded here. There you go. When you can put up a slide like that, just cl- like, yeah, this is what we do. That's putting it, that's whipping it out, putting it on the table. It's taking two big steps back and it's still sitting on the table, if you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's hard for most people, but it's easy for Dr. Bronner. It is easy.